Well, that's a very knowledgeable clanging symbol. We'll talk about that today on Bible Time. It's time for Bible Time on Uplifting and Empowering Fulcrum Radio. Now here's Phil with our latest Bible Time. Hello again, everyone, and thank you for joining me for Bible Time. You know, something that God has put on my heart for the last couple of weeks and really wanted to bring it up today because I saw a couple of things on Facebook the last couple of days that just kind of really reinforced it. And that's one of the ways God speaks to us. You know, we, we get these thoughts in our minds and then we see things that kind of confirm what God has been saying to us. So just, you know, that's a side note to be looking for that sort of thing. It's one of the ways God speaks is, yeah, he can speak through Facebook or, or the news or other friends in any way. God can speak to us in any way. But anyway, what I saw was a, a, a meme, and there was a guy standing on the left side, and he's looking at the ground, and he's yelling, six. There's a guy standing on the right side. He's looking at the ground, and he's yelling, nine. And when you look at the ground, there's a six. If you look at it from one side, there's a nine. If you look at it from the other side. So, yeah, I mean, we understand how the, the number nine and the number six, you flip them upside down, and they become one another. But... Really, and that got me thinking. And then I came across another thing where there was a, a Bible that it's a new way to read the Bible. It's like a magazine and it's, it's, you know, like an eight and a half by 11 type magazine. And it's got a lot of pictures in it and it's the New Living Translation. But it was each chapter, I'm sorry, each book of the Bible was its own little magazine. So, you know, Genesis might have been about an inch thick and maybe uh, the book of Mark might have been like a half an inch thick, but they're all different sizes based on you know the content and every book of the bible is a magazine well in the comments someone wrote i see you didn't use new king james version nlt is not a bible first of all yes it is well it's a transliteration not a translation but there's a reason for that it's you know there's a reason that we have the message there's a reason for the niv and the ESB and the CEV and the NASB and the NSRV and all of those numbers and letters that we don't quite understand fully. There's a reason for that. But for for anyone who is a King James onlyist, means that King James is the only authoritative English Bible. Please turn to Acts chapter 12, verse 4, and tell me why a pagan word is used in the Word of God. Easter is used in Acts chapter 12, verse 4. Now, here's how it reads in the NASB. When he had arrested him, he put him in prison, turning him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending only after the Passover to bring him before the people. So Peter was kept in prison. After the Passover. That is the word that is used there in, in Greek or Aramaic, whatever it is. It's Pesach, Passover. It is not Easter. God would not put the word Easter in his Bible, but yet King James uses the word Easter. Now, of course, we know Easter as the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord, but it does have pagan roots. It is very pagan. It is about Ishtar. And, you know, we're not getting it. I'm not here to tell you don't celebrate Easter. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you're going to push a Bible as the only authoritative English version, first of all, you got to back it up. Why do you say that? And I know they do. But secondly, what do you say about the errors that are in it? Because there's a lot of errors in the King James Version. Sure, NIV has things removed, verses removed, but there's a reason for that. 
NLT doesn't translate exactly, there's a reason for that. Okay, there's a reason for everything. But what my point is, is I, I saw this guy who who said this, and I went and looked at his profile. Man, the guy is spot on with his theology. He is good. He knows the word of God. He is theologically sound, biblically sound, really in tune. But nothing that he wrote in any post had love in it at all. He was, as Paul would say, a clanging cymbal or a resounding gong. He just had no love in it at all. So what's the point? You know, I don't want to listen to someone who's very knowledgeable about the Bible, but doesn't season it with love. Let me give you an example. You, You get in an argument with someone and you're yelling and you're screaming and they calmly reply to you. And I don't mean say, calm down, calm down. No, that doesn't work. It's going to be okay. No, that doesn't really work. But if they reply and it's very calm and it's very seasoned with love, I know for me, that changes my attitude right away. The reason I bring this up, and it's so near and dear to my heart, is I used to be that person who had no love. Oh, I thought I knew it all. I thought I could argue with the best of them. I was very apologetic of the Bible. I studied it. I knew it. But man, I didn't have love. God got hold of me one day. He goes, Phil, Phil, Phil. You're not speaking on my behalf if you're not speaking in love. So let me ask you this. The guy who looks at this and says six, and the other one looks at it and says nine, they can't both be right. Okay, it's a matter of perspective. So for one thing, it's all in how we look at it. You know, the guy who said six turns around and looks at it from the other direction. He goes, oh, I see why you said nine, and vice versa. But let's talk about the things like the things that we know 100% are against the word of God. And I'm not going to call them out. You know what they are. But there are progressive people out there who are very angry with conservatives who say, well, you're exclusive. I'm not going to listen to a thing you say. Sure. Yeah. You may think you're right. But how you approach it, just like this guy on Facebook, how you approach it, is very important. This, I'm going to tell you one of the things he was talking about. He said, there's no one in this world in any way, no matter what they do or what they believe or what they want to do, that can give away their salvation. I totally agree. But man, he just threw the hammer down and it was rough. I couldn't even read the whole post because like, dude was just on fire, but not seasoned with love. I mean, there are ways to approach everything. And you see, love is not something we generate from within us. Love comes from the Holy Spirit. Love is infused into us when we accept the Holy Spirit. Now, this man is definitely a Christian based on beliefs, but he's not allowing God to work in his life. That's what I'm trying to get at here. We can be wonderful Christians. We can be very knowledgeable. We can Walk with the best of them. But if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our life to show love to the world, as Paul says, we are nothing. 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 We got to have love working in us. And it comes in many ways. 
you run across someone who says, I'm a Christian, but I'm a homosexual. Don't say, how can you be a homosexual and a Christian at the same time? Because you are a sinner as well. Okay? You don't ask that question or God's going to throw it back at you and say, let's talk about the things you've done. Okay? So what I'm saying is, if you want to win that person over, don't say, how can you possibly be that? I'm saying, go to them and say, well, here's what the way I read the Bible. Here's what I understand. I understand where you're coming from. I understand what you believe. Let God work in you. You are not going to change anyone on your own. You're not going to. But by golly, when you let God work through you, look out. There's no one that can stand. No one that can be angry in the midst of God's love. Proverbs 15.1 tells us that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Let God work in you to make a difference in the lives of others. Because if you try to make a difference in the lives of others by being yourself and sharing your knowledge, you're going to reach some people. You're going to turn a lot more away if you don't let God work through you in love. Trust me, I know this. I, I had to experience this for myself. I had to let God change me and work through me. And there are days where I still fall short, but I turn back to God and say, look, I'm sorry. Let's try this again. We can do this, folks. We can make a difference in this world. We can bring people to proper understanding, but we got to have love. Let God work in you with love. And then God will also say, um, that's an opinion. Here's the fact. You'll change too. And maybe you'll realize if you're working in love, that person knows the facts and just demolished your opinion. Works both ways. So is it a six? Is it a nine? Is it a nine or a six? Depends on how you look at it. But don't argue. Speak in love and make a difference in this world. John 1335, Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples if you love one another. And I don't mean just say loving one another, truly exhibiting the love of God in your life towards others. Not just the ones who believe the same as you, everyone. Even the ones that you know are just so wrong. Exhibit love and change the world. That's your Bible time for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll talk to you again all real soon. God bless. 